Welcome to You Need a Coach, Bitch. I'm your host, Chris Hale. I'm a certified life coach and coach instructor. I'm also a master dance educator and self-proclaimed Zenial Pop Diva. Every week, I bring you a conversation to help you harness your inner authority by popping the patriarchy and crafting the life of your dreams. Are you ready to unleash your inner creator? Let's go. Hey, Bestie, how's it going? Um, I hope that you're having an amazing start to 2024. Um, In reality, it's not that long since I was talking to you because I was a little late with last week's podcast and I didn't get it out until the 30th. So it's really like only, what, four days ago, five days ago? (laughs) Um. But since that time, we have rung in the new year. I basically taught um, through the new year. So I had my regular like Friday, Saturday classes, and I taught a Sunday Survivor, which is an hour-long class. And then I had a class on New Year's Eve, and I had a class on... um, Wait, what am I saying? <laughs> Friday, Saturday, or my normal classes, class New Year's Eve on the 31st was the Survivor. That was the hour-long class. And then I had uh, not my regular 8.30 on January 1st, but I had a 12.45. And then I had my regular 8.30 on Tuesday, which was yesterday. So yeah, five days straight of soul. And it was great. Um, good classes. Everyone came, showed up. We had a great time. Um, and as I was teaching all these words, all these words kept coming up. So I've been thinking about like, you know, I don't do resolutions anymore. And a lot of my coach friends do like, what's your word of the year? And I like, wasn't going to have a word of the year. And then all these words just kept coming to me like gratitude. Um, and then freedom came up, I think on new year's Eve, maybe, or was it new year's day? It doesn't matter. And then um, peace also came up. So I think that I'm going to revisit my idea of values. I used to do like a new set of values and I didn't do it like at the turn of the year or any specific time. I just was like, oh, you know what? I need some, I need something to kind of be my anchor. We've talked about anchors before and values would be a good one. And I, had this system where I would like write out a bunch of ones that like really mattered to me. Then I would kind of group them together. And then I would whittle that those groupings down to one word that sort of exemplified or was the epitome of everything that came out of that, you know, those few words. And I haven't done that in a while. And these three words just kind of came to me organically while I was teaching. And so, yeah, we're going to go with them. So gratitude, freedom, peace. That is what 2024 is going to be about for me. So if you have a word of the year or words, uh, I would love for you to share them with me. So slide into the DMs or email me at chris at theonlychrishale.com and tell me what your word is of the year. And so starting off this new year, I actually, I kind of want to, my plan right now, and we'll see if I stick to it because like I love to make a plan and then not stick to it, um, is to kind of go back to some basics and break down some concepts and talk about um, like the nuance 
around certain concepts that I think become really like uh, catchy in the socials online. And they're very filled with like opinion and they're not very factual. Like some of these concepts and words, like we already talked about boundaries. Like that's a perfect example of, of like how, people misunderstand boundaries, what they mean, how to enforce them, etc. So I wanted to take some time to kind of examine some of these like pop psychology, pop culture, like the convergence of those things and really like break down my beliefs and and I think like some some factual stuff that we maybe can all agree on around them. So the first one that we're going to talk about today is unconditional love. I think that a like there's so much confusion about unconditional love, what it is, how to show it, how to receive it. And so I think first of all, we need to kind of take a step back and understand even what is love. What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me no more. I mean, that's actually a pretty great example of like diving into this topic of like telling someone not to hurt you because, okay, anyway, <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Don't rush. So, you know, let's talk about there's like certain theories around emotions. We already talked about how emotions are made a little bit and the different theories around emotions. Like, like there's the constructed theory of emotion, which like makes the most sense in terms of the like coaching that I do. There's also like one around like fake facial recognition, like facial recognition of emotion, like that we all display like the same kinds of like facial expressions with certain emotions that correlate to certain emotions but like that is very biased because you actually have to like understand culturally like it doesn't stack up culturally right because different cultures have different ways of expressing emotions so like you need to be educated in that first and then it tracks but if you're not educated in that then it doesn't track you know what i'm saying so anyway um but one of the things that i think rings most true to me is that we kind of have, like, basic emotions. Like, basic emotions that we can all sort of agree on. And then we, some of us, right, like, stick with those basic emotions. And then others of us, like, have a a more, like, robust emotional vocabulary and can differentiate between more emotions with more nuance, etc. Right? So... This theory states, like, that there are, like, eight basic emotions. So, um, happy, sad, fear, surprise, trust, disgust, anger, anticipation. Happy? I think I said them all. (laughs) Um, And then there are, like, secondary emotions, So, like, if you've ever seen one of those, like, emotions wheel, like, that can kind of give you an indication of, like, primary, secondary, etc. And when we say, when I'm saying primary, secondary, like, there's no hierarchy in the emotions. I'm really speaking from a perspective of, like, like, the majority of us can identify those eight basic emotions. And then again, 
like there are layers to, uh, on which like people are able to express, absorb, understand, contextualize, verbalize more emotions, right? So when we think about love, love was not one of those eight <laughs> initial emotions, right? So I think that when it comes down to it, love is really sort of like a secondary or maybe even tertiary emotion that is made up of some of our base emotions, right? So when I think about if I feel love for somebody, um, then I feel a sense of trust. Um, I feel happy when I'm with them um, or when I think about them. Um, I might feel anticipation, right? Like I'm looking forward to seeing them. And when those feelings are all kind of coming together, then I have this basic sense of love for somebody. And the reason why I say it's like, it could be like even tertiary because we might even like add, like add up secondary emotions to come up with that third feeling of love because right? Like, um, I need to, or not need to, but like, I'm probably like interested in that person if, you know, I trust them and they make me happy. Um, I can be proud of them. Like, there's all of these other things like peaceful. I might feel joyous, right? And if I add all those up together, that's what creates this sense or feeling of love for somebody. So I think that like, Love is a very complicated thing, <laughs> right? It's very, um, in and of itself, very nuanced. And so when then we, like, bring in this other word, this, like, qualifier for the type of love, and we, we look at unconditional love, what the fuck does that mean? Like, if it's already so complicated, it's already this mix and blend of so many different things, like... Do I, am I applying that that word unconditional to all of those things? Unconditional trust, unconditional joy, unconditional anticipation, and uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? So let's break it down and make it a little bit simpler for our minds to comprehend. The way I think about unconditional love is there are no conditions that you need to fulfill in order for me to love you. I'll say it another way. You do not have to make me happy in order for me to love you. I'll say it yet another way. There will be times that I feel anger toward you and I will still be able to love you because I am not placing never feeling angry toward you as a condition that needs to be satisfied in order for my love to remain. So hopefully saying it in all those ways makes it more clear what we're talking about in terms of unconditional love. Now, how can we get to that? Like, how do we, how do we get to that place? And it comes back to the fact that our emotions are an inside job. Yes, there can be things that trigger our feelings. And we've already talked about like, how, you know, our feelings are all, for us to verbalize a feeling or get to, like, a concrete, like, feeling word, there's this whole system of, like, interoception going on, um, and then, like, our brain is making a story, and as I'm learning, again, through my neurodivergent journey, I have low interoception, so I actually don't always know what I'm feeling, 
And that perfect example is like me at my sister's house. Like I was experiencing like sensations in my body and I was experiencing overwhelm that I wasn't aware of until I like maxed out on it. The same thing can happen for like my like feeling word emotions, like sadness, anger, anxiety, um, happiness. Like I don't always know exactly what I'm feeling because I don't have a, a strong connection to what my body is telling me. Um, and then what the story is that my brain is making up about what information my body is giving me. So I live a lot in my head. I think about a lot of things. I intellectualize about a lot of things. I even like verbalize and intellectualize emotions without actually experiencing them bodily. And I think that that can be the case for a lot of people, not just neurodivergent people. Um, or if, or you could say like, um, if we're going to look at the umbrella of neurodivergence and we include like CPTSD, OCD, like, you know, all the things, right? Like all the things um, that impact our brains slash are we, you know, impact our ability or our desire to, I guess, I, again, I hate this word, perform in the way that society has said we're supposed to perform, right? Like we're diverging from societal expectations, right? So anyway, I think there are a lot of people who are in the same boat where there is this lack of actual understanding um, of what our feelings are, and there's this expectation that we should have it, right? So that's all That's all at play here. All of those things are a factor. So I think what ends up happening is people look toward others' actions right, in order to decide whether or not they're going to love them unconditionally. (laughs) And right, again, that's putting conditions on it. So like, if I know that happiness is an inside job, then I'm not going to be looking for someone to take actions that make me happy, right? Like, I always need you to bring me flowers, or I need to know that you, you know, care about me. So I need you to call me X amount of times, right? Like we think that that stuff's reasonable, but remember, none of those things are creating your feeling. And in addition to that, though, there are certain things that people can do to like help you feel more secure in a relationship. We've talked about that too. So this is not to say that people's actions don't matter. And this is where we get into the conversation that adult relationships are conditional, They're absolutely conditional. And you can still love somebody unconditionally, have them not be meeting the conditions of being with you and decide to not be with them and have not have it impact the way you feel about them in terms of love. And I think this is the thing that needs to be understood the most. So we all have deal breakers. We all have things that that are going to be requirements for us. We all have needs, and they're different needs. And I'm learning so much about my needs in terms of, like, my sensory needs and my my rest needs and my my hydration needs. Like, I'm learning so much about my needs. That's helping me understand other people's needs and contextualize that. And so when we look at trying to maintain relationships with people – 
if they can't meet your needs and it's a need that you want to be met externally that you can't meet yourself, well, then the question is, can someone else meet that need? And if the answer is yes, yay. Um, And if the answer is no, then like, and you really want your partner to be the person that meets that need, then like, maybe they're not the partner for you, right? I think we've actually had this conversation, this exact conversation (laughs) here on the pod before, right? Um, So that's when we get into those kinds of like deal breakers and like, what does a relationship look like? Like, how do I want my relationship to look? Uh, What does it look like now? And are we both interested in like pursuing that together? And I think that's, really important that we look at it from that perspective of like, are both parties interested in moving forward in a way that considers each party's needs, right? And when we can do that, like, that's what makes a relationship much stronger. And again, someone not being able to meet your needs does not mean you they don't love you, right? And it doesn't mean that you have to stop loving them unconditionally. It just might mean that you're not the right fit, And that can be really difficult to grapple with, but wouldn't you rather know that someone was not capable of meeting your needs, um, even though they loved you, and be able to let them go, be able to let yourself go, release yourself from that relationship, and not keep expecting that things should be different, or that you should be okay with not having your needs met, because that's the other side of this coin, and that's basically like the life that I live lived in for my entire life where um, I just have always felt like I should be okay not having my needs met. I don't deserve to have my needs met. And a lot of that is because I didn't know what they were. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm good. I don't need anything because I learned to not need anything. And the other reason I really wanted to talk about this today is because it is January. And the place where I think it would be the most important to practice unconditional love is with ourselves. Because we're in the time of year where everyone is setting like change-based goals and resolutions. And I don't have any problems with goals or resolutions. I'm doing words. You could do words, whatever they are. Um, I love an idea. I love something that activates people. I love something that like gets people going that, um, energizes and enlivens people, right? Our desires are what keep us alive. So setting goals and going after them and like amping up your desire and activating your emotion, I think that's the most amazing thing all of us can do. And that's what's going to keep us going. But when the moat, like what's the motivation? When the motivation is to change myself because I don't like myself, because I think I would be a better person or more lovable to someone else, Right. That shows me right there that I'm not unconditionally loving me, that I've placed a condition on my own love. I will only allow myself to love myself when I drop three sizes or 20 pounds or clear up my skin or earn multiple six figures or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? We are the ones we do this to the most, and we hold ourselves to these standards, and we withhold love from ourselves, and then we turn that on other people, and because we're holding ourselves to such high expectations, and we're withholding love from ourselves until we meet those expectations, we start doing that to other people. We no longer believe that anyone else is doing their best because we don't believe that we're doing our best. 
And because we are not doing our best, we can't extend that grace to anyone else. And so while I do not believe the words of RuPaul, (laughs) right? If you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love somebody else? Like, I don't necessarily believe that. I think we can love other people. Um, But I think it makes it a lot harder. And I think it makes it a lot harder to get to unconditional love for someone else if we're... if there are so many conditions around the love we have for ourselves, because that's, we've trained our brain to think that way and to respond that way. And that's brains, brains like to keep doing the same thing because it's easy. So if I'm going to be in a situation where, yeah, I have to show up X amount of times to the gym this week or else I can't love myself then you look at your partner and your partner had made a goal to do something similar or just any other goal that was like, you know, show up to something and they don't show up to that. Then you're, then you're looking at them through that lens, right? That like lens of like, Oh, they didn't do what they said they were going to do. How can I trust them? You know? So this is where it gets like, we really need to start with ourselves and not focus on, the other person or other people outside of us and really practice what it looks like to say, I love you, even when you don't show up. Because showing up is not a condition that I place on my love for you. And we're talking to ourselves, right? Now, we can be disappointed that we didn't show up. We can have regret, right? All of these are just feelings. And we know that we want to feel the entire, like, full range of human emotion, right? So. Feeling regret, there's nothing wrong with feeling regret. I I don't think people are so afraid of that emotion, but I don't think that they're, like, it's just, it's another emotion and you're going to feel it. Um, I don't think, like, again, shame is not useful, but regret is. Not because it's going to move you forward or make you better or any of those things, but just because, like, it's you having an experience of something that... You wish you had or hadn't done. So can you do that without beating yourself up? Can you be disappointed that maybe you didn't meet your goal for the month of January, but not make it mean that you're a bad person or you're lazy or you're unlovable? And can you think more about setting goals that get you closer to yourself, that make you fall more in love with yourself? Like, my goal is going to be to congratulate myself for going to the gym at all, even if I only stay for five minutes, right? My goal is going to be to congratulate myself for just getting out of bed. Sometimes it's hard to get out of bed, y'all. It's not about you needing to do it perfectly or do it a specific way in order for you to earn that love for yourself, from yourself, and when we learn to do that, we can extend that same thing to other people. And we, when we can extend that same thing to other people and couple that with some of our other concepts like boundaries, then we're being so clear with ourselves and with the people in our lives. And to me, that's an act of love, right? We can talk about that too in terms of like, love is a verb. What does it look like to love somebody? Well, I think being clear with someone is loving them. So get clear with what unconditional love feels like and looks like for you. Get clear on what your boundaries are and what your deal breakers are. Get clear on what your 
willing to work through and manage your mind around as it pertains to other people and them not meeting the conditions that are required to be in relationship with you. And everyone is going to have a much better time. And even if there are going to be some tough emotions, at least everyone will know where they stand. All right, my friends, happy, happy new year. I hope that you have an amazing rest of your week. As always, I would love to hear from you. I would love your DMs, your emails. And if you would not mind going to wherever you're listening to this, giving us a five-star rating, give those five stars and share an episode with a friend. Maybe share this episode with a friend. Bye. If you are loving the podcast, it's time to put a ring on it. It would mean the world to me if you would do one or all of these things. First off, subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts or all the places podcasts are available if you want to be extra. While you're there, giving a five-star rating and leaving a review would be epic. And lastly, spreading the love by sharing your favorite episode would be beyond. Thanks, love. We'll talk soon. Thank you.